Hi, welcome to the Unclothed Sisters podcast, the very first episode. I'm Mary. I'm Siobhan. I'm Natalie. (laughs) And we are here today to, well, first off, we're going to recap the NBB movie. But before we get into that, we should probably talk about what the heck the Naked Brothers Band is if the people don't know. And if they don't know, they are about to get learned they're about to learn they're about to freaking learn the people they need to know (laughs) yes okay so the naked brothers band in short was a iconic magnificent fantastic show-stopping magical show on nickelodeon um it aired when did uh when was the pilot date like 2007 ladies January 27th 2007 she didn't even look that i just want to let you know that she pulled that out of her brain i did pull that out of my brain i like my five brain cells one of them is just (laughs) useless information about my favorite tv shows yeah so premiered on actually i have notes on so so I have my production history notes that I feel are important to talk about. And then I have my, like, synopsis so we can stay on track. But anyway, yeah. So, so uh, in 2007, the very beginning of the year. Mary, continue. Sorry. <laughs> yes, 2007. And, well, I mean, that's when it was picked up by Nickelodeon, I guess. It started, it started with this movie, which we are going to talk about. But what started as a lovely family project you know, funded by the Draper Wolf Trust Fund, if you will, turned into this iconic TV series that lasted three beautiful, wonderful seasons. Most underrated show on Nickelodeon. Most underrated show, truthfully. It was iconic in every way. (laughs) Well, it was a mockumentary, and it was the first of its kind on Nickelodeon, following the lives of Real Brothers, Nat and Alex Wolf, and their fictional band, The Naked Brothers Band. And basically, it was about the ups and downs of child stardom, um, being a part of the biggest band in the world, making music <laughs> history in, you know, all in the mid-2000s. So just imagine a lot of skater boy high tops. Imagine a lot of checkered prints. Imagine a lot of electric guitars and flames on t-shirts. And do-rags. Fishnet. And like, do-rags. Oh, fishnet and gloves and fedoras. Oh, God, the fedoras. The, like, leather. In your hair. Um, Hot Topic extensions. Oh, oh yeah. God. The leather bracket bracelets. The leather bracket bracelets with the grommets <laughs> in them. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wearing blazers. And, God, back before fedoras, but back before the word fedora was, like, a slur. <laughs> Matt and Tom were on it. Okay, yes. So picture the mid-2000s in all of its glory. Yes. Truly edified Mm -hmm. in one series. I think it's important to kind of mention also, because we're doing this podcast, I know that... um, So this was 16 years ago when this movie was made. And it's kind of crazy to think about that, you know, in about four years, it's going to be... 20 years old it's very weird to think about that and i don't like it um (laughs) natalie's cringing that's that's awful i think it's important uh for context in this instance and this is like the piece of information i was like waiting to tell mary um to talk about exactly to mention how old we are um in relation to the show because like we talk about how I mean, I just mentioned it'll be 16. It's 16 years old right now. The Correct. TV show premiere, that's 13 years ago. 
yeah, 2020, 2000. Right. Yeah, that's 13 years ago. Jesus, H. Oh, my God. So, Mary, how old are you? I am 23. Okay. Natalie, how old are you? I am also 23. <laughs> nobody likes me because I'm 23. Yeah, nobody likes her when you're 23. Um, and I'm 25. So we all, we grew up watching this show in very close relation to the ages of the kids who were on this show. Siobhan's yes. got an interesting tidbit about that, too. I've got an interesting tidbit about that, but, like, to further drive home my point, it's, you know, a lot of the times when you're watching TV shows growing up, you're not often the age of the, like, the characters that the actors or actresses that you're idolizing. Like, when I watched Hannah Montana, it's like, oh, my God, they're so much older than me. Like, I feel like just a young kid yeah. doing nothing. Or, like, when you watch, I don't know. Like, Full House was another one that we really, really loved as kids. I remember thinking, like, when watching Drake and Josh as a kid, thinking they were so cool because they were teenagers. Because they were teenagers. And they got to kiss girls at the movie theater. And I was like, oh, yeah. I want to do that. <laughs> and then I we realized. Kiss Drake Bell at a movie theater. <laughs> take me to your loft bed, Drake Bell. Take me to your loft bed. Take Josh Peck, take me to your Oprah standy. Like, <laughs> and when I think about how old I am in relation to NBB, Here's my favorite piece of information, and I will fact check this for you. I will send you this a picture. Okay. Mary, my birthday is December 17th, 1994. No, it's not. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. You have the same birthday as Nat Wolf. Are you kidding me right now? I will send you a picture of my driver's license right it's, now. It's true, I'm, 100%. I'm so upset with you right now. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, and so I was talking about this a little bit before we started like recording, but like it truthfully feels... Like me and Siobhan being these sisters with like a with the age difference that like we a, have. the age gap there, um, and sh- like Siobhan and Nat being born on the same date, like it truthfully feels <laughs> like <laughs> so God was like okay, we have we, we have this set of siblings, but we can't let them be powerful enough, so let's split them into two sets of siblings and throw them across to different ends across of the, the country. country. Throw one of them in the boonies <laughs> of the Midwest and throw one of them in, like, the entertainment capital of the world. They just can't. They're too powerful. We can't put them next to each other. No. But it's, like, truthfully, the stars aligned, and so it's, like, Siobhan and I identified with watching the Naked Brothers band so, so much. We were like, that's us, but if we were boys. Mm-hmm. Mary, check your, yeah, you're reading that Oh right my now. gosh, that's, that's insane. I'm fact-checking it right now. That's that's totally nuts. So what you're saying is that you're little Grace. I guess so, She yeah. was born on the exact yeah, same time, in the exact <laughs> same year, in the exact same place. <laughs> I've been on this earth for the same amount of days as Nat from the Naked Brothers band. That's yeah, that's pretty nuts. much nuts. I know That's it's crazy. absolutely nuts. It's absolutely nuts to me. I have like when I first watched the VMAs episode, you know, when Jesse's reading off their um like their horoscopes, and she's like, "Nat, you're a Sagittarius, right?" I remember watching that episode. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I'm a cool, nice." And Alex is a Scorpio. And then I checked. Um, I don't. I think I went on IMDb, and then I saw December seventeenth, nineteen ninety four. Okay, who doesn't go on I IMDb? It's I love it. It's just like IMDb was like so two thousand seven. It was so two thousands, and it's just like no Wikipedia. It was IMDb, and no Flickster, (laughs) no Flickster, nothing like that. And I checked, and it said December seventeenth, nineteen ninety four, and I'm like, did my sister just like go in? And do inspect element on the fucking on the fucking webpage. Like his birthday is not December seventeenth. That's not real. I don't have the same birthday as this guy who like I think is so cool and like my male counterpart. That's not true. 
So also, I'm having a Mandela effect moment because I totally thought Alex was born in October, but apparently it's November 1st. Of course. Scorpio. He's the most Scorpio Scorpio. Yeah, like, but Scorpios are also born in October, so now I'm very confused. Oh, well. So it goes. I, I feel like... Was, I, t- I could have sworn to God he was born in late October. Oh, well. Who cares? Um, I mean, I do care. I care about his birthday a lot. Hi, Alex. I care about your birthday a lot. Love you. Yeah. Love you, Alex. Um, we are saying I love you, Alex, to my hereditary poster right now. Siobhan's saying it. I'm just looking at it longingly and wondering where the mole is. Yeah, we have the, <laughs> we have a, I have a fabric hereditary poster in my house, and Alex's mole is nowhere to be found. They just edited out his mole. You just can't see it. You just can't see it, but you can see Tony Collette perfectly. So. so, I think it's super important for those of you who, like, are searching Apple Podcasts or Spotify and you're just like, I need, I'm bored and I need something to look at. Uh, and why are these girls, like, just so attached to this show? I think it's important <laughs> to talk about... Um, that we're not insane. <laughs> well, we are, but we're not. It's okay. Yes, we're insane, but we're not. I think it's important to talk about, you know, in relation to other shows that were on Nickelodeon at the time. Um, yes. Because we have no respect for Dan Schneider in this house. I'm sorry. I just don't. No, After we don't. I learned, I we do not. Him. Uh, it's important to take a look at something that was completely different, I think, from a production standpoint from like a Hollywood craze, like, you know, the Disney Channel effect is what they call it from that type of standpoint. I think that seeing the production history um, of the NBB movie, like that went into the TV show, I think that that's super important to look at. And it's super important, I think, you know, you don't have to like the Naked Brothers Band movie. It's completely novelty for some of us out there. Like it has its, it has its novelty qualities. Like I can see why it hasn't aged well in some parts of the universe but like (laughs) as a filmmaker like this is fantastic so written and directed by Polly Draper who is the mother of Nat and Alex in the real world filmed in the summer of 2004 and released in 2005 the film was originally intended as an extended family project so like they would make movies at home like who doesn't make home movies and it was shot over five weeks in mid-2004 for less than a million dollars that is not something if you know anything about film production, like if you know anything about like the budgets of movies that like historically went on to make significant significant amounts of money more than what their production costs were, like I think the Blair Witch Project was something like sixty thousand dollars to make. Wow, for a found footage for a found footage film, like a film with that primitive of like techniques, you know, the cinema verite thing. And it was filmed for $60,000. And then to think that a movie with the cameos, you know, the right. fake concerts, like everything that was in the NBB movie was for less than a million dollars. took place in New York City, where, according to Polly, the crew would sneak into locations and run and the Draper Wolf family apartment in Manhattan. Uh, she directed the film, which was produced by Jonathan Pillett, Michael Wolf, herself, uh, Ken H. Keller, and Karen Rudner, who I do not know. It was co-produced by Craig Cobb and some name I can't pronounce. F- uh, oh my god, I Fatine hate this. Tragonis. We're going to have butchered that. Who also serves as the associate producer. Um, executive producers, however, were Polly, Michael Wolf, and Tim Draper, who oversaw the budget, which makes complete sense knowing that like the Draper family are like financiers of some description, because like we learned that from like Jesse talking about it on the NBB reunion podcast. She's, she's just this amazingly smart person. And like the Draper family, they just like they're financiers to like the nth degree. And so they used a video camera, you know, if you're like me and you care about those things, that's 
that's pretty dang cool. That's nuts. So, I mean, it was a family project. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, the footage of the preschool band was, like, provided by David Levy's father, it says here in my notes. You know, it was all done in the Wolf's apartment. You know, they were exposed to music from birth. Like, half of this movie is very real. Yeah. You know, like, if you think, no, they were not the most famous band in the world. No, the Silver Boulders were not a real band. They were in my heart. They were in my heart, yes, but not in real good. life. She is very gorgeous to me. That's me about this entire show. <laughs> Honestly, same. <laughs> very gorgeous to me. It's, like, it's very real. You know, like, they wanted to form a band when they were kids. You know, like, Josh... David and Thomas. And so I think that from what I can tell from my notes, uh, like they wanted to call their band, the silver boulders. Um, we will get to the, uh, in insane amount of Beatles references in this movie, yes. thousands. And I don't know if you grew up like in a Beatles household, but we very oh, much you did. have no oh, idea. So my dad's a drum teacher and his entire, uh, drum studio, his home studio is decked out in Beatles merchandise biggest Beatles yes. ever was yeah same with our parents yep. our huge yep. our dad was like a mondo Beatles fanatic and so like Siobhan and I grew up like watching we wanted all the to Beatles be the movies, Beatles like Hard Day's Night <laughs> Yellow Submarine was like our favorite cartoon as kids which is like it's a this acid trip cartoon but it was like the favorite of two very young children <laughs> yeah and like we would like run around the house while our dad would play his like vinyl of yellow submarine and we would like run around and it was ingrained in our lives well and also so ingrained in like us becoming musicians as well which we are because it's like the first song i ever learned to play on drum set was octopus's garden and like my first foray into playing guitar was like my dad gave me a beatles like chord book and was like here you go and i like stayed up all night learning songs i remember my first favorite song in the whole world was the long and winding road my first favorite song ever because I heard a sample of it that my dad like wrote for piano, like on our like on the Kurtz on the Kurtz with the floppy disks, the fucking floppy disks. We're '90s kids, you can tell. Oh yeah, big time. You can tell. And I was like, Dad, I love this song. And he took me to Best Buy and he bought me the Blue Anthology. So like to see all of these Beatles references. Oh God, we're we're you and all three of us. We're just gonna go off on this. I have like a list of what of what I remember of Beatles references. It feels like an inside joke that we weren't supposed to get and we did anyway. It know? feels like an inside joke that was written for those of us. Yeah, pretty much. Well, even, so, even my own dad called it out from the very beginning. I would be sitting I would be sitting around the house singing Naked Brothers band songs and my dad would realize that they had the same chord progressions as a lot of Beatles hits. Like um, Beautiful Eyes versus Let It Be. It's essentially the same chord progression. Yeah. And like I would, and he just started playing the chords to Let It Be and that's how he learned how to play Beautiful Eyes so that I could sing it. Aww, that's adorable. I love that. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so cute. But um, yeah. Our dad was not like that. Our dad was not like that. He's like, you guys figure it out. Oh, he, he sang Crazy Car as like a parody and he would sing Sushi Bar instead and talk about how much stupid, he hated sushi. Stupid shit. Like we would just write parodies on the fly. I love like, that. Though. With NBB songs, with any other Beatles songs. But... Yes, production history. We digress. Let's. (laughs) We are digressing. It's okay. This is what a podcast is for. What a podcast is for. So after the September 11th attacks, Matt Wolf wrote a song titled "Firefighters" when he was six years old, which he performed with the rest of the Silver Boulders band for charity. The benefit concert was staged behind his family's apartment and raised over forty-five thousand dollars, which was donated to children of the personal 
of the personnel from the New York City Fire Department, Squad 18, who were killed as a result of the attacks. Okay, go off. I love that for them. Like, that's, I love it. Uh, but Firefighters, we will learn later, was actually Rosalina. Uh, the song Firefighters was reworked uh, because they needed a song for the movie about the Rosalina character. So he just fixed her on the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Uh, the band began to perform at gay and lesbian Christmas celebrations, one-year-old birthday parties, and restaurants. Um, and then Alex, emboldened by Ringo Starr, chose to play drums in the band when he was old enough. Because, of course, he was emboldened by Ringo Starr. Like, of course. After the breakup of the Silver Boulders, which, like, wasn't a breakup, they were kids, <laughs> the, si the siblings decided to revive the Naked Brothers band. Draper did not want her children to be actors. She explained, uh, Nat kept putting signs on his door. I don't want to be a child actor. No, he said, I want to be a child actor. God, I can't read. <laughs> and Holly was like, no, it's too brutal. And then he was like, F you, mom. I'm going to be a child actor. And so, you know, Michael set up recording sessions to record the songs um, that they had written. And then Polly was like, I'm so impressed with this. I want to create like a mockumentary about the band. And the four movies that she had referenced in interviews, which I love that these were her inspirations, were Spinal Tap. Classic. Little course. Rascals. Love. Oh, which, totally. Which, are two, which makes a cameo in the movie, too. Yes, which makes a cameo in the movie, which are two completely different films. Uh, have you seen Spinal Tap, Mary? I have not. Okay, go oh, watch. you gotta. You have yeah, to I know. go watch with the Spinal Tap after this. Uh, you will understand completely. So it was directed by Rob Reiner, you know, Princess Bride, yeah, yeah. Stand By Me. And it's a mockumentary about this British heavy metal band, you know, like in the vein of like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Black Sabbath. <laughs> and it was like... It's the it's a movie that you will only find funny if you are a musician. All right, I love it. Period. Which and I I think sets a particular stage for um, NBB. Exactly for like it kind of like created the medium of this like fake movie about a band that's like not really a real band yet, but by making the movie you manifest that fame that you're pretending to have. Absolutely. And like Spinal Tap actually went on to record multiple albums as a result of the movie's fame. Yeah, or like like when like Metal Ocalypse. Oh my god, Metal toured. And Death Clock eventually toured <laughs> without, you know, like the whole gorillas like fake cartoon things on the stage, but like Death Clock Jordan is a band too. Mm -hmm. For my death metal fans out there <laughs> who also are NBB girls. <laughs> Can you tell I have a lot of interests? But yeah, and her other two inspirations, which are very clear, are Help and Hard Day's Night. Yep. Let's be honest. I mean, have you, have you seen the Beatles movies? I I'm, have. I'm totally <laughs> Naturally. Of course you have. Let's be honest. A Hard Day's Night is a movie about nothing and it's amazing. It's a movie about the Beatles just being stupid, and it's awesome. Yes, it's been a very long There's time since no I've seen it. I was plot. very young when I when uh, my dad showed it to me, but yes, I do remember that much. It was about nothing. It's about nothing, and it's awesome. But like, that's totally what the movie is reminiscent of. I love just this entire concept. So, I mean, another thing that's important to remember, like. Also, going into the TV show, when we start talking more about the TV show in subsequent episodes of the podcast, is that most of the friends or relative, most of the cast and crew were friends and relatives of the Drapers and the Wolves. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Tim is Polly's older brother, and John B. Williams is the cellist for Michael's for Michael's old band, Impure Thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, there were a bunch of other, like Cooper Pillett's dad was uh, Mort Needleman. <laughs> um, <laughs> bunch of other folks. You know, we're in, like, 
Polly's play getting into heaven. Like the Timmerman brothers are the Draper brothers. Jesse is Alex's cousin, which, oh, we will get to oh, that. We should really get to that. Oh, we'll get to that. So the film was shown uh, at the Hamptons International Film Festival in 2005. According to Michael Wolf, the family made the film without expecting a television series spinoff or anything else to come from it, which is why it was made in, you know, more of a genuine documentary filming style more DIY than the TV show was because like there are very significant differences from the TV show to the movie. Um, their agent, however, believed that the film would be lucrative and market research showed a positive reaction with a young audience uh, post film festival. Uh, Albie Hecht from Nickelodeon, who I believe his biggest other project from what I looked up was SpongeBob actually, <laughs> um, instead of the parasite that is Dan Schneider. Don't get me started on Dan Schneider. Um, so Albie Hecht from Worldwide Biggies had an independent production deal with Nickelodeon. He believed the film suited the network and that the television show was feasible. Draper and Wolf um, did not want their children in show business at such a young age, but they agreed when Hecht's agent promised to work within the boys' school schedule so that they would not miss anything. They would film over the summer and they would go to school in the fall like normal kids. And they would also have tutors on set. Yes. But after three seasons, uh, having been filmed from the summer of 2006 to the summer of 2008, uh, premiering in 2007 to 2009 subsequently, despite the show's high ratings, network executives urged the Draper and Wolf family to lengthen the 13-episode seasons to 60 episodes. Draper and Wolf refused, and as a result, the show was canceled. So that is unfortunately the beginning and the end of the Naked Brothers Band, but it goes to show that if you are going to get into show business, you know, regardless of how old or how young you are, if you are a parent listening to this, which, okay, awesome. Hello, parents. If you're a kid listening to this, hey, kids, um, it's important to know. It's also like, because, you know, you mentioned that Z, he had auditioned for The Voice several times. He was very interested mm -hmm. in like Kasim's American Idol journey. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get into show business, you need to have people around you that care about you, especially if you're a kid. Mm -hmm. Like Natalie and I wanted to be in show business, but our parents cared too much about us. And they were like, no fucking way. The industry is filled with parasites and yeah. you will get your heart broken. So I'm sorry that we're gonna like crush your dreams a little bit, but just no fucking way. Well, and that's something that shines through so much in this movie alone of like the way, like you gotta be such a dedicated parent Mm -hmm. with such just like a wonderful childlike imagination to be like, hey guys, want to make this whole movie about you guys being rock stars and like go full out, like hire Uma Thurman to show up and, <laughs> or like Cindy Lauper you know, to just like have these people show up and be like, yeah, this is normal. This is just your childhood now. You know, like I'm here to gas you up as your mom or your dad or whatever. But then also like, the way that like in the movie too, and of course it's kind of campy because it's like a kid's movie, but like mm -hmm. gassing each other up as well and like being there for each other, like the way that they, you know, hold each other accountable when they're being shitty and like all that kind of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's just like such a common theme in NBB to like not be a dick. Amen. Which, oh, like, yeah. And to like support each other in your endeavors and everything, like. Support each other in Alex's clothing line and Kasim's book. So let's start. Um, Hey, I'm Nat Wolf. Hey, I'm Alex Wolf. So the film begins with an introduction uh, to the documentary from the boys. If you think I'm reading off of the Wikipedia page, then I'm absolutely You bet your bippy. You bet your bippy I am. <laughs> so starts with an introduction uh, from Nat and Alex, nine and six respectively. 
uh, and they were members of the Silver Boulders. And that's the first thing. So we get a little introduction of them, a little banter with Matt and Alex. Which it really is super cute. It, like sets the tone for the it movie. It really does. For like first 40 seconds. <laughs> just Alex immediately starting to argue with Matt. It's just adorable. I love it. Um, and the next scene goes back to like six months earlier. And they are, there's like a helicopter shot that's showing. Drone shots. Um, there's like a drone helicopter shot showing like a limo driving through New York City. And there's like on the radio, some DJ, I think they said C100 if I'm not mistaken, which would be really funny if that was the case. Right. They're like, hey, uh, next caller, <laughs> um, if you answer this question correctly, you get two tickets to the Hammerstein Ballroom show of the Silver Boulders. <laughs> and it's so funny that the, the song that's playing when that happens is Splishy Splashy Soap Bubbles. I was thinking about that too, because I was like, holy crap, it's Splishy Splashy Soap Bubbles. It's older than we think it is. <laughs> the girl, uh, the question that she answers in order to get the two tickets to the sold out concert at the Hammerstein Ballroom is what in, What was Nat and Alex's first band name before it was the Silver Boulders? And then she says the Naked Brothers Band. Is it the Naked Brothers Band? Oh, that was a perfect impersonation. <laughs> Marie, <laughs> you are a winner! Oh my God, I love them so much. Like. <laughs> It's so cute. Yes. And then they're like, here's their newest song. Sure to go to the top of the charts. Here's Motormouth. Oh my God. Iconic song. Iconic song. Like, honestly, to Motormouth. Yeah. Open this fucking pit. God. Oh God. Right now. And so uh, after the show, they, you know, here's the first beat. Well, there's two of the first Beatles references that you're going to see. Um, the Silver Boulders logo. No, three. The Silver Boulders logo is the Beatles logo. Like, period. is it? What is it? The L? It's with the L and it's yep. with the font. Um, the Silver Beatles was one of the first names of the group when there were still five members and before Ringo was in the band. They were, the, I believe, before Ringo was in the band, they were the Silver Beatles. Holly yeah. was like, okay, let's not get sued by Paul McCartney himself today. <laughs> let's would, not get sued by a knight. <laughs> let's please not get sued by a knight. He'd probably like stab our ass with whatever sword he received from the British government. Um, so oh, next thank we, you. I would truthfully. The next thing that we see is like, um, they're in their apartment and they're talking about how the band started. And they're like, cause we were naked at the time. We were brothers. We changed the name to the silver boulder so we could have a more classy image. And they're just in the apartment. They're showing like old school footage of when they were kids, which is just fucking adorable. Alex playing the saxophone. And then Cole shows up and he's like, yeah, I remember he was a virtuoso. <laughs> and it's just Alex. Crap. Like full like, mouth on full the mouth on the, on the soprano sax. And it's so good. <laughs> He's like standing next to an oven. It's like I just do that on Tuesday nights, typically. Like that's, in, at age twenty three, that's what I do. I, it's so good, and it's so funny that like this is the second movie that like Cole was in. Uh, I don't remember uh, the actor who played Cole in the movie. Is this Cole Hawkins? Oh, Cole Hawkins. He used his real name. Oh my god, because anyway, he was yeah. in that Cheerios commercial and moved to Connecticut. Connecticut. God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> Connecticut. It's the second movie that he's been in about kids being rock stars in 2004, which also was School of Rock. Yeah. You know? it, everything connects. Which also was like a, a big news Super for me and Siobhan. for us becoming musicians. Mm-hmm. Our parents sent us to rock camp after that, and now I'm gay. And now I'm gay. Yep. Somehow <laughs> <laughs> after all of these years, I am still straight. Kind of. 
Kind of. Most. It's okay. You've got your whole life ahead of you. (laughs) She's getting married. I mean, I'm literally getting married to a man. (laughs) I'm sorry. uh, Hey, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. All right. So they, um, after they describe how the group started, they show a clip from Crazy Car. And then after Crazy Car, there, there's a couple Beatles references in there. Okay. Like the footage of the girls screaming out of the window. That's, that's Beatles fan footage. Mm-hmm. Like straight up. Amen. I love it. I, I just love it. Um, do you have any, do either of you have notes from up until this point? Um, no. Literally, all of my notes are about Josh and Rosalina, and we'll get into that later, so continue. Oh, God, oh, yeah. Well, I'm glad that someone is going to bring this up. I'm so glad someone's going to bring that up. Um, I, I guess I can... Love so, I have sort of written down of, like, so I watched the movie earlier today and took two and a half pages of handwritten notes, so, like, <laughs> it's fine. I definitely didn't go to college and learn how to take Cornell notes And I was in school, and I'm just chilling with my, <laughs> like, last minute figuring things out and doing things hands-on. Go ahead. But, so, like, there, there's, like, different ways that we can all perceive this movie. I, I sort of have it, like, broken down into these four tiers, which sounds, like, so bougie intellectual, but, like... Like, if you watch the Naked Brothers Band as a sibling, like, you're going to get a different attachment to it, a different connotation from, like, the interactions between the characters. If you watch it as a musician, especially as a child musician who had, like, similar aspirations, like, Mm -hmm. you're going to connect with it in a different way. Um, And I think, like, the most special was, like, Siobhan and I being the child or the children of musicians and, like... Asking them all the questions like, hey, mom, dad, are they really playing their instruments on this show? Mm. Yeah. The first time we asked that question was there were th- the three things that like definitely influenced me as a musician were Freaky Friday, um, girls playing music, and I'm gay, School of Rock, <laughs> kids playing music, and Naked Brothers Band. They said, I, my parents, they told us about School of Rock. They're like, you guys, Lindsay Lohan's not actually playing her guitar in Freaky Friday. You need to watch School of Rock because they're actually playing their instruments. Uh-huh. So we watched that. And then we would watch NBB like on Saturday nights and we'd be like, are they playing their instruments? Did they write those songs? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, yeah, they, they definitely did that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if, if you're not a sibling or if you're not a musician or if you're not the child of a musician, like, those three things are going to like commingle in different ways too. Um, But like watching it without those experiences is going to be like a different connection that you get as an audience member Mm. of the movie. Um, But like specifically being the child of a musician, like Siobhan and I were raised in a culture where we did know what Spinal Tap was, (laughs) you know, (laughs) age eight. And we, we knew what a rockumentary was and like, yeah, no, we were by no means professional musicians. But by we were forming bands when we were like eight and ten. Especially like we would go. We the would whole go- thing of like, oh well, like Thomas had drums, so he wanted to be the drummer. You know, it's like that's what it's like when you're a kid and you want to start a band. It's just like, oh yeah, well I have a guitar, so I guess I'll learn. Yeah, you know, like that's what the both of my music students right now say too. It's like, well, I'm starting a band and I'm taking piano lessons, so I guess I'll play piano. Another thing that's like another correlation is that so. Me, the Sagittarian, the older one, my first instrument is like piano and guitar. My sister, my primary instrument is drums and percussion. The younger one. So direct correlation. 
And so we were like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? Seriously, the split zygote theory becomes more and more realistic the more I talk about it. I hate it here. <laughs> I hate it here. Should Mary, we- what is your primary instrument? My primary instrument, well, I was saying my, it sounds really tacky and really gross, and I hate saying this. My primary instrument is my voice. I'm not super skilled in. Well, that's, awesome. well, that's real. I'm not, I'm not skilled in instruments. I would say my primary instrument, it, like, instrument, instrument is guitar. Love it. Okay. Yeah, but you're a vocalist. There you go. Yeah, like, honestly, like, that's, like, that's what I pursued growing up, so. Yeah. Absolutely. Would yeah. you like to get us back on track with the synopsis? Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. So then it cuts to clips of people talking about Crazy Car. Or, yeah, no, that was a little bit, bef- that was before they showed them. There's all these different people talking about Crazy Car. You know, there's... <laughs> what were they called in the credits? I took a picture of it. The, like, romantic gay couple. The romantic gay couple, which, like, for 2005... Romantic gay newlyweds. For 2005? Shout out that to... That was kind of huge. Actually, I'm not going to read the names. I can't read that them. That was kind of huge. Because... Um, like- Mike Lindo and Brad O'Connor... They show. Hope you're doing good, bros. Hope you're doing good, bros. <laughs> I mean, especially since the Naked Brothers band played Crazy Car at their wedding. I mean, I'm sure they're doing great. There's um, celebrity cameos throughout the movie. You know, there's like. Love the Uma Thurman cameo. Just like as just such make a, it to Uma. Just, just send it to Uma. <laughs> Uma Thurman fan, fangirling over Nat Wolf in the NBB Cinematic Universe. In the NBB mm-hmm. Cinematic Universe, after Beatrix Kiddo went and killed Bill. <laughs> she was listening to Crazy Car in the very last scene of Kill Bill Part Two. In the pussy wagon. In the pussy wagon. That's the crazy car that no, leads to nowhere. No, it fucking is. And she rolled up to the New York's Hammerstein Ballroom Silver Boulder show, and then she met Nat in the elevator. And how about? Okay, I want to know. Did they actually print? The, the magazine that Uma's holding is a Cosmo Girl with Nat on it. I want to know, like, where the fuck is that? Where is that? Can with, I buy it on eBay? With nine-year-old Nat Wolf on the cover of Cosmo Girl, which, like, if you ever have read a Cosmo Girl, that's so inappropriate. Yeah. And then, like, hanging out late night with Conan O'Brien, you know, and he's just chatting with Julianne Moore, and then he's got the freaking jacket that says the girl magnet on the back of it. I think it's yeah, just, like, it. so astounding to me how many cameos there are not only because of the budget, like we talked about earlier, but also because it feels like NBB fans like us are such a niche group. Yeah. You know, like, like that that weird like phenomenon of like, I don't really know anyone else that likes NBB, you know, until I seek out someone because they like NBB, yeah. you know? And so it's like, how did all of these people, these famous icons cross paths with this film and not hype the fuck out of it somehow. I think somehow it had to do with Polly knowing people because there's a scene where it's the cast of 30 something and Polly's there yeah. and they're like yeah the silver boulders just brought us all together and I'm like <laughs> Polly aren't you supposed to be dead? <laughs> yeah so there's just a lot of montage of them talking about how Crazy Car is the single that just blew the silver boulders the hell up and then they go to band practice and here's where here's the rising action of the movie mm. um Bandmates are getting along well until Thomas composes the song Boys Rule, Girls Drool, to which Nat dislikes. And he says, yeah, the girls won't like it. So we don't like girls. I do. I want to kiss girls. Me. God. Alex, that's inappropriate. We don't alienate the girls. We don't want to alienate the girls. Does alienate mean kill? Okay, so. Thinking assassinate. Alienate means see I can't. We're gonna like do the whole bit. I can't not think. That's why I had to make the TikTok. There's a TikTok out there for those of you who, who know. There's a TikTok of me reciting this entire scene. 
And it, this is another point. I should have written this down because it like, it was kind of a point of contention in the comments of that video. There were so many people talking about like, how was this on Nickelodeon? This is really inappropriate for kids to talk about. I'm like, hold on. First of all, their mom wrote the script. Like, I'm sure that like a lot of this was ad-libbed, but like their mom was behind the camera when Alex was like talking about boobies and <laughs> like when Nat was saying that's inappropriate and like when they were talking about, I want to kiss girls, like their mom was there. Their family was there. Like, well, let's also circle back to other, you know, famous Nickelodeon shows. I mean, like I was just talking about Drake and Josh and how they kissed girls all the time. And then also like one of the most common Drake and Josh insults was calling each other boobs. Like it's, it's, it's <laughs> totally Miranda. On yes, par we will get to Miranda <laughs> with Nickelodeon. Like, boobs and girls like that's nickelodeon yeah that's nickelodeon like, literally I, I because remember in the iCarly pilot it was all about miss briggs and her crazy pointy boobs oh my god totally. girls and boobs for real but like no another thing that's why i totally i have a defense for them saying that when they were kids on the show is because oh i will talk about this several times because there are directors out there like dan schneider who are notorious for having um, been inappropriate with cast members, have been uh, abusive and predatory towards cast members. And then there are people who are making a project with their kids and it's a completely harmless environment and nobody's being hurt, everybody's protected. Like, I, I think it says something about yeah. like, what is, what is acceptable in the Hollywood system? What is acceptable like in on the set of a movie? like? You guys, you have to look at it a little bit deeper than that. If you really think it's that big of a problem, look into it. Mm. <laughs> it's it's a great scene, though. I, I love inappropriate does mean see boobies. Mm -hmm. I think that we can agree. Like, if I search, if I go to Cornhub and I search inappropriate, I'm going to see boobies. Cornhub? I, I said Cornhub. I... <laughs> but but Vaughn, that like one of my biggest question about like the movie and the TV series of NBB is like how much of this is scripted, how much of this is ad libbed. Like, oh my god, I have no idea, and I don't think I ever truly want to know. One thing that was ad libbed was Alex talking about the digestive system. These That's wormy so things good. get all in your stomach. What the fuck are the wormy things? What are the wormy things? That's like <laughs> the only part I don't get. It's like I understand the physics of shit coming out your asshole, but like, what the fuck are the wormy things? It pushes like, the poopy out. It pushes the poopy out. My mom says that to us all the oh time, by the way. <laughs> there are so many, like the like, Officer, I'll get, like, a voice like the Officer Nordstrom thing. Like we just, we quote MBB in this family. Officer, officer we're yelling let's calm we're yelling let's calm ourselves down <laughs> mary is our third sister like truthfully <laughs> I'm boys rule girls rule is a point of contention within the band um and that's definitely not okay because nat has feelings for josh's stepsister rosalina who is also introduced after the crazy car music video yeah i got to be in the crazy car music video people want to touch me and come up to me because i got pulled <laughs> out of a window by nat the girl magnet which also i would love to point out the fact that on the crazy car music video it says that it's directed by mommy p oh i love it what's it another, called an easter egg or whatever yeah, another thing Polly wrote her son, Nat, his, her nine-year-old son, as the girl magnet. She wrote that. That was her decision. She, she signed off on it. And it was just this adorable little thing. It's not like if it was like, 
older women coming up to him, that I think would be a problem. But like, it's these little young girls who are obsessed with this guy that's like their own age. Yeah. I think that's completely harmless. She knew. Polly gave birth to this gorgeous little thing with like big brown eyes. And she was like, yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Because like, I, I remember watching the show when I was like 11 years old and just thinking like, oh my God, he's so cute. The cutest eleven-year-old. I mean, like, but I'm like, I, I, I'm older now, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's a kid. Like, I don't have the same thoughts in my brain, and I'm normal, right? But congratulations, Javon, you're normal. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, cool. But like, we all still feel some type of way for Nat Wolf, obviously. Oh, of course, he's great, and so is I'll Alex. Just, <laughs> I'll just be over here. The resident lesbian. <laughs> the resident lesbian will be over here, but Natalie had a bit of an Alex phase. Oh, bitch. Yes. <laughs> but like in hindsight, so like being a demisexual lesbian who had no idea what those words were at age 10, I was like, yeah, okay, there's like this kid on TV that I identify with. I guess I'll tell all my friends I have a crush on him, uh-huh. you know? But it's like, in hindsight, it was more of like a squish where it's like, oh, I just really want to be your fucking friend. That'd be so cool to hang out oh. with you. Oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And like, it's really weird. And this is like borderline manic to say truly, but like, it feels like the Wolf Brothers were like these friends that me and Siobhan kind of like had as kids that we sort of grew up side by yep, side. Yep. But like totally also not at the same totally time. Totally not. You know, but it's like there, there's, there's celebrities. <laughs> there's that feeling there because it was so authentic in its creation and like it's all this so stuff cute. in the show. I just love That's it. exactly how I, I feel it. about it. That's, I've never heard it or I've never been able to articulate that to myself and to hear you guys say that is incredible because that's exactly how I feel about it. I just love it. Yeah. Love this show. My childhood, for real. Totally. So, to emphasize the fighting that goes on within the band, the tensions are growing higher. Nat writes the song Rosalina. And he swears... Just to stir the fucking just pot. Just to stir the fucking pot. <laughs> no, but he, he writes the song because he just can't, he can't control his feelings about this girl. Mm-mm. She's so beautiful. She's so interesting to him. And every time she comes around, he talks in an English accent. Okay, we need to, all right, we need to talk about Rosalina for a second. We need to talk about Rosalina. Because here's the thing, Rosalina, so Allie, the queen, Allie D'Amico, um, auditioned for the role of Rosalina. Okay, so in the grand scheme of everything, where pretty much everyone in the cast was like, you know, friends and relatives of the Draper Wolf family, you can't tell me that like, there was another adorable little girl in their lives that they could have cast as Rosalina in the grand scheme of everything. Like they outsourced for her. <laughs> they outsourced for Rosalina. I want to know like what they were looking for. That's exactly. a really interesting point. But there's right? this point. Yeah. I want to know what they were looking for, but like, I also want to know, does Allie play all those instruments? You know, cause we never really got a confirmation on that. And that's another thing that I feel just kind of sucks about, you know, the character of Rosalina. And I've, I've mentioned this to Nat, Ali Fiddler. <laughs> I've mentioned this to my sister Natalie a couple times. <laughs> Sorry, it's really hard. The Nat thing came before NBB. It was like when we were really, really yeah, little. Yeah, yeah, So it's really hard to turn off. Uh, the character of Rosalina is so centered around her relationship with Nat, with the fictional Nat Wolf. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you are a girl and you're in a band and you can play multiple instruments. I want more of your character. Like every single character arc that she has in the show and the movie, aside from 
No School's Fool's Day, where Alex has to prank her with the driver's ed prank. Yeah. She has no plots outside of her relationship with Nat. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't think that it was like an intentional thing that was like written into the script by anybody, but I think it's just kind of sad that we didn't get to explore her character more. Like we got to explore the character traits you know, I, I, there is something to be said that, like, we don't get too much more of episodes from other characters. Like, we got David's one episode. We got Thomas's one episode. We got Kasim's one episode. And, like, most of it was centered around Nat and Alex. But, like, Jesse had a very pronounced character. Mm. Juanita had a very pronounced character. Oh, damn, did Crazy Betty have a pronounced character? But, like, Rosalina was just kind of the one-dimensional... Yeah, like, I mean, her dad was divorced dad. four times. Like, she had, like, a dysfunctional like family life like why didn't we explore that why didn't we explore that more okay actually yeah no everybody's cried at least once that is like the only other thing is like you know she wants to see her dad before she goes to tour it's like this uh this fantastic concept for a character like why don't we get to see more of that why don't why is it just about like oh she's in the band because of nat yeah why is that it Uh, i just i wanted to see more from her so badly Mm -hmm. over time and i feel like you know if you look up what mvv fans had to say about rosalina it was like f off rosalina nat's my boyfriend stay away from my man bitch stay away from my man bitch and and that was i feel like a lot of identification that girls would have while watching the show and i know i felt it a couple times i'm like oh my god me too oh i could be such a better girlfriend like just watching the show (laughs) Like, yeah. oh my god, no. that's just what Nat Wolf girls would be like, oh my god, I can it's true though. It's internalized misogyny is what and it is. growing up and then like watching like season three and how horribly dramatic it was. And I was having like flashbacks from relationships of my past, like the way Nat would yell at Rosalina. And like, I was just like, holy crap, wait a minute. We all thought like Rosalina was horrible in a lot of ways, but in a lot of ways, Rosalina was the victim and it just sucked. And like, it was just yeah. a realistic portrayal of what it might be like to be the only girl in a band and to be so antagonized all the time. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, and, like, I think that this, like, undertone of misogyny sort of seeps into the other characters as well, especially in this, like, the first movie. Oh my god, um, they all hate Rosalina. They all piss on her. Because, like, there's a part, I have a quote. <laughs> you have a quote? Oh, okay. bitch, of course I have a quote. So let yeah. me cite my sources. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the scene where they say they're going to kick the naked sissy band's bare butts. Yeah. And it's oh my God. the three dudes and they're sitting there and the they say, builders. a girl in a band is so pitiful. It's embarrassing. Wow. And like, like, I okay, so like, about that. like, first of all, like, this is a movie. It's like, it's fake. It's scripted or whatever happened there. Like, someone told these children someone to, told say David things. to say those things. to say that. I don't but, blame So, so it's like, I'm not going to fucking cancel people for saying that in this movie but like i will commend like the producers of this movie for like not being afraid to show that blatant sexism in the music industry even though it's a kids movie you know it's like translating it into like verbiage that children will understand and say hey that's not right yeah Um, when she ends up being a cello player when she she goes i could replace any of those guys she could replace any of them mm. and she's like if you want to, i can do whatever they want right and it's like nat didn't even know about this at like in the movie like it's a complete surprise to him because because he says the last person i would ever expect to show up is rosalina but we will get to that when we continue through this but yeah oh my god amazing point that you made there natalie mm-hmm. amazing yeah like, truly 
wow. <laughs> yeah, so we, the point of Rosalina is a huge point of contention within the band. Um, they end up fighting more and more. They have the food fight scene, which is kind of iconic because Alex says Jesus was the best president that we ever had. Well, he fucking was. And Mort Needleman shows up, this crazy, like, <laughs> manager that's, like, vengeful and this, whatever. Like, agent or whatever. This agent. And he shows up and he's like, if you, he's like, hey, I could do a better job than Cooper, you know, which is like, no, Cooper's clearly the best manager. Which, no, you ever. fucking can't. No, you also, can't. like, Cooper set the bar for management, like, way too high for I'm me going 13. into the music industry. I'm only 13. I'm way too young to be sued by a movie company. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Period. She and the buzz. She keeps the bus. Oh my god. Oh, the premiere episode. So good. Uh, and then they're like, okay, what's the point of this? Mort Needleman, stupid. They go, it's the end of the school year. They're about to go into the summer and they're about to go on tour for the summer because, like, they're kids. They have to do that over the summer. They, like, end up chatting with all the parents. Like, Clearly tensions are high. They also like go to a photo shoot and like you see the tensions between like Josh's mom and David's mom and like clearly there's gonna be something that happens. And then one day they wake up and over TV, it is announced that Josh and David and Thomas have split up from Nat and Alex and they wanna go form a different band called the Gold Boulders. <laughs> Which, wow. Which like, Okay. I want to back up for a second here too and like reminisce about the scene where it's like the end of the school year party. Oh, the party and with the <sighs> Mort Needleman shows up to the party. Like who let him like, in? Who was watching? That party? would be like like really not okay in real take life. Take a step back. Where was principal? Who let a fucking agent into the children's party at the public school? Also, what kind of fucking agent actually cares about an act enough to go to their school party? To go to the <laughs> elementary school end of the year party. That is really weird, actually. Like, it's, think about it. Dan I mean, Shai like, this is a movie and this it's fake. But also, like, I'm yeah. ready to throw hands about Mort Needleman. Let's not get too far into, like, CinemaSins territory about this. Yes. I'm going to change the distance. Well, but Principal Schmoke was way too busy drinking punch, dancing with the teachers to notice. Dance with, with all the teachers. teachers. Dance, dance with all dance, the teachers. Dance with all the teachers. Till he drops. And then he's, like, pulling himself across the floor. And he's like, I'm just going to go lie down as if he's not already lying down. Okay, like, but that's, like, me at the roller skating rink like <laughs> just and also of alex like <laughs> i think my favorite line in the movie has to be like dolphins use censorship <laughs> dolphins use censorship dolphins use censorship yeah thomas is being censored for being a misogynist yeah i'm okay with that <laughs> i'm okay with that they were like Nat and Alex were pretty, they predicted the cancel culture of the Gold Boulders. <laughs> they really did. They were like, this band's going to get canceled. Go be stupid all by yourself. But actually, no, that is not how they took to the band breaking up. They were incredibly sad about it. You know, they went into this like wave of depression and that's the next plot point. You know, they're trying to figure out what to do. They were supposed to go on tour as the Silver Boulders. Mm -hmm. And Nat and Alex are just depressed. Nat stays in his room and he writes... If there was a place to hide and play, is it? Which is a banger. A banger, but it's also let it be. It's also let it be. Like It is. That's it. It's amazing. And Alex goes further and further deeper into his lemon lime soda. Yes. Like, this is also like another like 
like feeling way too red situation about like me and Siobhan because it's like I feel like in this part like Nat is more of like a ruminator about what happens and Siobhan is or like sorry not Siobhan <laughs> Alex Alex is more of like a distractor about how they deal with like their trauma at wow. this point I drink like, many lemon lime sodas that is like sweet. so me and Siobhan too it's like the duality of the two siblings just continues to pervade one is a ruminator one is a distractor it, it's just it be like that sometimes at all times. and they're just like so 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 depressed about it and it finally like reaches a head where Alex like gets too drunk and almost dies from lemon lime soda and then Jesse's like Nat I think you need to come down here so Alex ends up on a soda holics cruise treatment for soda holics and Nat's there with him no more lemon lime soda ever again <laughs> God, I want to know what's inspired that plot line. I want to know, like, what the hell made Polly think that, like, yeah, I'll make the six-year-old a drunk. It, yeah, in my <laughs> notes, I wrote, the alcoholic side plot is, and then just drew five <laughs> question marks. <laughs> the alcoholic side plot. Because, like, like, I feel like it was trying to pander to, like, an older audience, sort of. It's like, this is a movie that could definitely hit notes for an older audience, I mean, but it was It made- was very, very tongue and cheek tongue and cheek and it was oh my god satire yeah. in every way so and i feel like yeah. as a kid that whole side plot kind of went right over my head and then watching it as an adult now i'm like put this on nickelodeon like what another one of those like oh my god this was it a kid's movie but like if we think about it the movie itself is a lot more mature and a lot raunchier than the tv show oh totally uh, completely so because obviously you know you can't say boobies on Nickelodeon unless you're saying unless you're Miranda Cosgrove unless, and you're yeah, unless it's a show written by Dan Schneider. Unless it was a show written by Dan Schneider. Only say boobs on Nickelodeon if it's if you're Miranda Cosgrove. Period. Like, She's the, she invented the word boobs. She no one has ever said that before. No one she said is. the word boobs before Miranda Cosgrove. Uh, I love Miranda Cosgrove. She's my queen. But we will talk about. I that love later. her. She's, she is so sweet. I love. Just, I love her episode. Like. She's the voice of reason in Nat and Rosalina's relationship later on. She's like, you shouldn't silent fight with her. You shouldn't fight with her at all. And I'm like, yes! And I was like, yes, queen, pop, queen, Miranda. Tell his ass. Come on. But yeah, so after Alex discovers milk and (laughs) sobers up... Yeah, so they tried to form a band with their dad before the Soda Holic cruise, and they were just... They were totally apathetic about it. It's so authentic, though, to, like what it's like to want to play mu- music and then your parents try to oh my God. insert themselves. And then it's like, dad, dad stop, stop doing the Jack Nicholson impersonation. I'm trying to be a rock star here, dude. Like, uh, stop. The Donald Duck one was awful too. <laughs> God, that's my favorite line right there is when they're doing the voiceover and it was Alex- the Jack Nicholson one No, though. it's when Alex says, let's cut to the cheese <laughs> instead of let's cut to the face. Oh, and isn't that cheese. right when he like, he like says something Let's like cut to the cheese. He's yeah. embarrassing and annoying. And it's like we want him out of the band. And then he burps. And then it's just like that's the end of the scene. <laughs> like moving on. Love Alex. Love Alex. We, yeah, that's just the scene. It's great. So they come back from the Soda Holic cruise. Alex is just ready to start the band again. He's like, we got to start the Naked Brothers band. So they're auditioning kids. None of them can play instruments. No, and then the kid with the plastic guitar when he can't fit it over his head, and there's like five seconds of dead air of this kid trying to fit it over his head. <laughs> and the, the squeaking noise of the plastic guitar going over this kid's bald ass head. 
it makes me want to die. It is like, what is the word? Like, just the overt sensory feeling of a plastic guitar scraping over a kid's bald head. <laughs> It's, it's like putting it's like putting a scraping on a like nails on a chalkboard. That's what that's like. <laughs> Why have I never thought of that before? It's because it's there and you feel it. You just don't know how to describe it. That's what it is. Psychoanalyze every single moment of the NBB movie, and I mean we could just spiral like this for hours. I can spiral. I can spiral. My God, yeah. So they audition kids and it sucks. They get a kid who can do tricks with his stomach and give massages. And then Rosalina shows up to the house and she's just like, I could replace any of your band. And so she joins the band, but she starts playing cello instead of what she eventually plays, which is bass. And then Cole joins the band and hardcore wrestlers with inner feelings has been written. That song, adorable idea. It's the, the thing that I like about that song. I, I don't really enjoy the song. I'm not going to sit there yeah, yeah. and vibe to it. That B section fucks, though. The B section is fantastic. Mm. However, it just shows you, you can write a song about anything. Mm-hmm. Really like, can. I love. So, for another piece of context that I can't believe we glossed over, Nat, Ali, is that. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. Natalie and I, Natalie still does, but I don't anymore, used to teach at a girls' music camp. Uh, and we teach songwriting, we teach, you know, just basic instrument playing to these girls, and we teach them, like, you can write a song about anything, and mm-hmm. the kids like to write songs about anything. Mostly. Chocolate bunnies. Chocolate bunnies. The 31 flavors from Baskin Robbins. Oh my god, they write songs um, about anything. Or how about Princess is the New Black? That's, oh, what an adorable little bit. Girl's Town. Girls Town. It's adorable. They write songs about anything, like yeah. from ages eight to sixteen. It's like NBB every summer, pretty much. It's like these kids just—they're mm-hmm. amazing. It's so much fun. I love that. But it's a really good example of like you can write a song about anything. Mm-hmm. I have written down hardcore wrestlers is like Weird Al meets Liz Fair meets Bikini Kill. Oh my god, you know who Liz Fair is? That's my favorite fucking artist. Oh, no, are you shitting me right now? I'm going to jump off a cliff. You've got to be kidding me right now. No, no the Matrix is glitching, and we're here. I have I have a Liz Fair Exile and Guyville oh um, T-shirt from like the like the new T-shirts she released before the tour that didn't happen because of COVID, and I never get to wear it because I see kids every day when I teach, and it has her tits on it. And so it's like, I have to be really careful what day I wear the Liz Fair booby shirt. I stood, I stood, I stood third row at her show two, like two years ago. And she oh sang Polyester Bride right to me. And she my said, favorite song. She said, princess, you've got time right to me. I would have died. Yeah. No, yeah, seriously. Our mom raised us on Liz Fair. I watched fuck? her. I know. She did, she did like a NPR or something live stream last week, two weeks ago. And, um, Literally the second the announcer said Liz Fair, I started bawling like a child. And I did not stop until the set was over. Like, I'm not kidding. It was like waterfall eyes for a straight half hour. You have no idea. Like, literally the two people that raised me as musicians, Liz Fair and Nat Wolf, period. (laughs) And the Beatles, of course. And the Beatles, of course. But like, (laughs) what? Yeah, we were like separated at birth. We were all separated at birth. I, like I the parent trap is like that. The parent trap is a psycho theory. I love it here. I love it. <laughs> so hardcore wrestlers. 
Liz Fair, Weird Al, Bikini Kill. I hate that comparison. But it's true. But it's true. Yeah, so a banging song that they have written. And they're like, we have two songs. We're ready to go on tour. Yeah, that's also in the notes. Was their set really two songs? Was the Gold Boulders just going to play also Boys Rule, Girls Drool? Also, can we talk about just like the undertones of feminism of like dismantling toxic masculinity within like the comparison of Boys Rule, Girls Drool to hardcore wrestlers? Like, they oh, were yeah. tos- toxically masculine. Porn, and then they're like, actually, we're sleeping with our blankies tucked in tight. So whatever. <laughs> and, and we have a girl in the band. So like, actually, fuck off. So it culminates to their Chicago show. Um, the Gold Boulders ends up opening for the Naked Brothers Band because they are the Naked Brothers Band now. Uh, they, <laughs> the Gold Boulders go on. It sucks real bad. They hate it. They don't even have a drummer. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even have a drummer. No, no they don't. They don't have a drummer. It's just, it's embarrassing performance they have they have get up from party city they have like their gold chains with the dollar sign and the gold fedora hats are you a fan of rupaul's drag race Uh, like kind of like if if you were to reference some queens i would know who you're talking about i've never really seen it okay well you probably know the line go back to party city where you belong no but that's amazing when I've fucking Fifi O'Hara, when she's saying to Sharon Needles, at least I am a showgirl, bitch. Go back to Party City where you belong. That's me when I see the, the Gold Boulders. The Gold Boulders, they express their disdain for the Gold Boulders by <laughs> silly stringing speakers. They boo them off the stage. It's amazing. And then the Naked Brothers go on. You know, the crowd is all just mad as hell. It's full of girls. And the Timmerman Brothers and Principal Schmoke. And the Timmerman Brothers and Principal Schmoke are in the audience. (laughs) The demographic. The range. We love it. And they perform Hardcore Wrestlers. And it's just like this awesome song. And then they perform Rosalina, which the, the prequel to Rosalina is, you know, Nat pretending to be British. And Rosalina previously had asked him, I heard you wrote a, Josh told me you wrote a song called Rosalina. And he's like, oh, but that's a girl I knew back in London town. He, Chad, Chad. <laughs> years ago, back in London town. I, when I was like, I've literally two. known you since you were two. You're not from England, but okay. You're not from England, but okay. Go I'm off. a Manchester girl. Don't hate me. Really <laughs> not having a Chad moment. Um, and she's like, was that girl from London really your never-ending love? And he's like, I wrote it for you. Which is literally like the songwriting version of She Goes to Another School. <laughs> oh, I have a GM, She Goes to Another School. Yep, 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 yep. And she kisses him on the cheek. He loses his mind. He loves it. Oh, he's he's having a great time. He's like, yes, we're doing good. Me and Rosie, we're having a good time. Rosie. Rosie. And he's like, actually, Dad... Do you want to come on stage and play accordion for this song? And he's like, oh, shit. I finally get to have my mom with the Naked Brothers Band. My mom. My mom. Yeah. And it's awesome. You know, <laughs> they play Rosalina. And then the Gold Bowlers are like, wait, that's an awesome song. I want to be in the Naked Brothers Band. Me too. Which was inevitable because they slap. <laughs> <laughs> and they get home from the tour. And it's July 4th. You know, they're, they they go on to say, like, hey, we had a really great tour for the summer. We don't know how the Gold Boulders tour went. 
actually they ended up playing for girls birthday parties that played their songs and got hella canceled i love this part of the movie by I the way i love it because it's like we don't really know how their tour went and then their tour is a fucking birthday party and like in my brain i was just thinking about all these like DIY house show tours nowadays oh, and it's like man. this is my house show but it's like some kid's birthday and I'm playing girls welcome to my punk role. house <laughs> yeah <laughs> welcome to my punk house we're gonna play this but yeah and they get home they're excited they're having a fourth of July celebration and then Josh David and Thomas come over and they're like we want to join NPB. We want to join the Naked Brothers Band. Like, we're not having fun anymore doing the Gold Boulders thing. And Nat's just ecstatic. He's like, of course. Like, of course we're going to let you back in the band. Nat's like, no, heart is too back. pure, and he's too good, and he's too, too forgiving. <laughs> and he's too forgiving. But he's nine, so, like, we'll like it's a big. And then with the most very clear Beatles reference in the world, they have to celebrate the whole band getting back together. And Joshua Kay is never heard from again, and neither is Cole Hawkins. <laughs> and that's the NBB movie. And we finish it off with some great accordion performances from Michael Wolf. I have to go to the and, and that jazz really rendition of Crazy Car. And the jazz rendition of Crazy Car. All right. Like, go and on. Josh Kay, very conveniently written off the show because obviously Rosalina's dad got divorced. And so therefore, that would make Rosalina <laughs> and Josh not step siblings anymore. I guess. So, yeah. Again, that was convenient. Yeah, that, like, the whole connection of, like, where the hell, like, but, Josh like, goes. Do we is know where Josh lost. went? I don't really know if it ever is, like, truly explained. Like, he, yeah, I think they said, they might have said in the pilot, possibly, that Josh, like, moved. Because when they introduced Kasim, Thomas was like, this is Kasim. He replaced Josh. Say something smart, Kasim. Something, Something smart, Kasim. Yeah, so I think like, I think like Josh like moved, and then also like you know obviously like their parents split up. So like yeah 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 yeah. Also, like they briefly mentioned it in the live stream. I don't know if you guys mentioned this, like when I was out mm -hmm. in the bathroom like twenty seconds ago, but they briefly mentioned it in the live stream. They said, "We're not going to talk about people," and then Alex goes, <coughs> "Joshua K." And I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. Like, I want to know. I mean, in the grand scheme of everything, like, Josh could still be, like, around, like, in their lives. He could still be, like, a family friend. And they're just, like, totally. joking. Or they could be dead ass serious. Like, something happened. Alex yes. is just wild. We just don't know what to I know. expect. I, if I ever had the chance, literally, I'm trying to just, like, collect all of the members of the Naked Brothers Band for my podcast, Mary and the Weeb, Shameless Pug. I'm very sorry. Um, but not sorry at all. Had to plug. Had to plug. To, like I, I'm going to like slowly collect all the members of the Naked Brothers band, and I, I need to find out what happened to Josh K. I need everyone's story. <laughs> Let's go find Josh and get him on the podcast. Let's go find Josh and get him on the podcast. But I saved, I saved this interview because you know he's. It's an interview from 2019 where Nat's talking about the kill team. He's talking about you know toxic masculinity, mm -hmm. uh, how like dangerous it could be, you know, and it's like. Polly raised these kids right. She you know, really did. He's clearly been talking about this forever. Oh my god, the the magazine just like split down the spine as I was reading this. Oh, I'm talking about Hereditary. Hereditary, part of the NBB cinematic. Yeah, I was universe. yeah truthfully, Hereditary, part of the NBB cinematic universe. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. That's what happened to Joshua K. That out of 
all of the unrealistic things that happened in the Naked Brothers Band movie, to me, the most unrealistic one was the idea that a band would get back from a multiple month long tour and say to each other, hey, let's haul our gear to the roof one last time to celebrate. That's incredibly unrealistic. Like every yeah. musician I know that gets home from tour is like, I'm going to sleep in my own bed and not talk to you for 36 yeah, why hours. Why would they have a party? Also, I'm literally never playing music ever again. Good night. And Alex was recently sober from Lemon Lime Soda. So who knows? Who knows? He has all of his energy in the whole yeah, wide yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. It's the milk. And that's the, I mean, like we, you know, the end of the movie. That's it. It's just this great little movie. I love it. Oh, it's awesome. Anyway, cool. Well, drop your socials, ladies. Where can people find you? Drop the socials. Okay. Uh, people can find me on Instagram at funeral underscore underscore rose and TikTok at the same username. I don't have a Twitter because I have BPD. Natalie, go. <laughs> well, I don't have TikTok because I have BDD. So that's pretty fun. Nice, <laughs> but um, you can follow me. Um, I have like Twitters for my music stuff, so it's either Natalie Fiddler or Natalie Fiddler Music on all platforms. Um, and shameless plug, feel free to check me out on whatever music distributor you use. She's fantastic. Yes, sick. And you can find me at at Mary dot n o n n on Instagram or at Mary J n o n n on TikTok. Yeah. Woohoo! Woo! Until we, next time, yeah. this has been the Unclothed Sisters. This has been the Unclothed Sisters podcast. Woohoo! Real sisters, real podcast, not really unclothed. Unclothed. <laughs> I love it.